Millburgers Gardening South Texas is sponsored by Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. I'm sorry, Calvin. Yeah, the, it's broken. It's uh, we got a guy coming to fix it just oh, right away. Okay, so should be here any minute. That'll make me feel better. I know, I know. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. You getting any fan air on you? Yeah, you, that one should be here. It's unbelievable how Milton's got both of those fans uh, yeah. rotating in his direction. They're not rotating in my own. Uh. This one is. That one's hitting you. I felt bad. I had to actually sit here last week and try to configure it, so you all got air. Well, you did good. Uh, thank you. Well, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on a bright, sunny day. Uh, we're here at Millburgers. A few of those. I must fl- have to have have some kind of hookup or something. I'm supposed to hear this, right? Yes, you are, Kevin. You're not hearing it? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No, I'm not I sure what... Bothered. Oh. He hadn't bothered to hook into the room. All right, well, if you want to call in and talk bad about Calvin, now's your time, because he can't hear you. Jerry, can, Jerry will be able to hear you. There you go. But uh, there you go. Uh, I'll uh. even help you talk bad about Calvin. <laughs> Uh, That's nice of you. <laughs> All right, well, 210-308-8867 is our number. There are lots of folks here. Your gardening peers are shopping today. Come on by and visit with us uh, at 1604 on Bull Road. Uh, I think they uh, they may have moved your Esperanza to a more prominent point. Yeah, the, I was just getting ready to bring that up. They're hard uh, to miss. What they <laughs> What they always do out here is uh, the stuff that's blooming spectacularly. They put uh, up front and where you walk in up front. And uh, they've got them at the end of every aisle as, as you walk in. And uh, the plant they're using uh, is Gold Star Esperanza. And because it's blooming in small, con- in, uh, small pots, or number smaller, three, smaller pots, uh, <laughs> You know it's the true Gold Star Esperanza. So uh, I would caution you, if you buy Gold Star Esperanza anywhere else but Millburgers, uh, make sure it's blooming in full bloom. Or, or at, least, at least got a lot of buds on it. Because there, there are some Esperanzas that are being sold that are not uh, Gold Star and will only bloom in the in the fall. The, uh, the well, that's all right though if you're n- not interested in blooms. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, fo- the foliage is kind of attractive. Yeah, it's a light green. Uh, that 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 reminds me of the story uh, of uh, of color spot used to grow. Uh, of course, Bill was the main source of Gold Star Esperanza. Because Greg Grad, who found Gold Star Esperanza, were, used to work at uh, the pre- nursery was previously called Lone Star Grower, and uh, I was I followed the development of this plant. And the interesting thing about it was they brought in a new fellow 
uh, had to work on the uh, work on in the during the winter to work on some uh, container. I mean some. Uh, uh, combine, combine combination plants in containers. That that was the the rage at that time. So he would pick out uh, the prettiest plants and put them in in containers together. And of course, he obviously picked the uh, the uh, ones that have had the prettiest bloom on. And this is in November, December, mm-hmm. in the greenhouse. And uh, so I went out there to look at him, look, look at his creation. And uh, he had of all at least one Gold Star Esperanza in a hanging basket. And well, he didn't know that plant, but he, all he knew was it had some beautiful <laughs> blooms on it in the middle of the winter. And it would sell, it would cause it to sell. So I reminded him, I said, do you know that's a small tree? That grows into a small tree? That Esperanza? Because he didn't have any idea. He thought it was an annual, the way it was blooming so pretty in the middle of the winter. So it's that good a plant. Was it an issue, too, that it was not going to bloom in the wintertime? Well, it did. It, if you put it in the greenhouse, yeah. Well, but who's, who's got to, who's going to put it in the if <laughs> they buy, pot. buy the plant and <laughs> buy the plant and put it in the greenhouse? Yeah, but uh, he he was just trying to make it a, a attractive uh-huh. at that time of the year. But anyway, it's a good plant. Yeah, and, and there's also some. Uh, uh, I believe Gold Star Esperanza is in the uh, lineage. Uh, some of these uh, uh, off these uh, other types that mm. they have out here, uh, uh, baskets of fire or something that we were talking about yesterday. Yeah, that had sort of an orange. Was that the one that had yeah, started it, off with the orange? It had, burnt, it had burnt orange, mm-hmm. and uh, then it was kind of a it's kind of a revelation in plants because. It started out with burn orange. Starts out with burn orange blooms. They're smaller than Gold Star, uh, but uh, there are a lot of them, and the plant is smaller. But it starts out with burn orange, and it is like it 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 sees what it's oh, done wrong. Oh man! It's 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 repentant. Is you know people don't think of plants as as being repentant. I apologize to all our Longhorn fans. I know where this is going. <laughs> but it turns maroon in the fall. How about that? For football season. For football season, it turns maroon. <laughs> now, to go back. For to, baseball, for basketball. <laughs> to go back to gold, gold Star, you know, uh, it's spectacular. Uh, let, let's mention some of the assets. Uh, of course, the bloom and uh, can take the heat, yep. the drought. Yeah. Most neighborhoods, I think that's still true. Most neighborhoods, the deer don't eat it, at least in mine. Yeah. Uh, and it uh, is also uh, one of the uh, favorite uh, nectar plants for oh, yeah. hummingbirds and uh, butterflies. There's and a, bees. Bees yeah, love it. There's at least one uh, species of butterfly that that picked that over anything else to lay their eggs on. Really? 
Yeah. I didn't so, know that. So it's a, it's a, a great plant. Uh, the, and we, we try to m- remind everybody, too, that uh, we're looking at this spectacular gold flower plant here. And if you take that home, it won't miss a step. You dig your, dig your little hole and put it in there full sun. Yeah. And it's going to continue blooming, continue growing. Uh, it's, it's, it's just a great plant. And uh, does uh, freeze back most winters to the ground, but uh, back yeah. coming back up in the spring. <laughs> and, boy, when it doesn't freeze down. Yeah, oh, yeah. It turns into a little tree. Yeah. We it had can turn some into in a Alta tree. Vista, you'd see them. And the neighbor's one is probably... <laughs> Six feet tall or more. Oh, there used wow. to be some on the river, too. Yeah, I don't doubt oh, it. Oh, yeah. The river really, gosh, first, because of that protective mm-hmm. area, it's got some beautiful things. Like we were talking last week about the fire spike. I mean, they're huge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, the fire spike, that, that, that is one place for the fire spike, really. Mm-hmm. does It does uh, very well. Yeah. Uh, uh, Paul Cox kind of introduced me to that plant. Uh, which is kind of unusual for Paul because it it doesn't have thorns or uh, <laughs> or anything else that and it has beautiful blooms in the fall. But uh, what that that little walkway between uh, the big walkway between the Alamo and uh, Hyde Motel, Hyde yeah. Regency Motel, I think, are lined with fire spikes and. Uh, I almost didn't recognize them when I they I went down there and they told me about them. I almost didn't recognize them because they were eight feet tall. Yeah, nine they're feet huge. Tall, maybe taller than. Seem like the leaves are bigger than. Yeah. Than the ones I grew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, even some of the uh, uh, houses, uh, the landscapes out there in the oh, like, by, by downtown. Yeah. King William and uh, yeah. yeah, where they've got I, them. I've gone to some uh, tours there, and I that, did the same thing. What in the <laughs> world is that plant? Yeah, so big. Yeah, and then uh, it ta- yeah, it takes a while. It kind of all sticks, oh, sticks yeah. together. Like when I <laughs> I went to Panama and uh, Joe Brad with Joe Bradbury, and he uh, he said, "You know what that plant is out there? It was three stories high." Three or four stories high, and it was a it was a rubber tree. I never had seen one over fifteen inches high. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, in, when they don't freeze, the, a lot of our house plants grow huge, grow huge to be huge. I wonder how Gold Star Esperanza, the true Gold Star Esperanza, does in a sh- semi-shaded area. Hmm. Maybe it just bloom less. Yeah, but because th- there's a lot of it. I mean, if you go in a typical neighborhood, uh, yeah, it's everywhere. Uh, yeah, and I, I never, I never note, but there are. I know some of them that are grown in my neighborhood are in semi shade, the, and they're still blooming. Yeah, and I don't, I don't compare them or evaluate them or analyze them in terms of the ones in full sun, but they're uh, they're getting enough light to to bloom anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, the original uh, Gold Star Esperanza that Greg found, as I remembered, I've got pictures of him standing by it, but uh, as I remembered, it's in kind of a semi-shaded area. Mm-hmm. 
And it's a it's a one that bloomed all the time. He thought it was artificial. Yeah. For two or three months, he thought that thing was artificial, uh, an artificial plant. And uh, so he finally pulled off and took a look at it, and lo and behold, it was a, a living plant. So what goes through his mind at that point? That we got to do something with this. This is too. <laughs> oh yeah. Too yeah. good to pass up. Well, he went to. Uh, he he took. Uh, Greg and I, when we go on plant searches, we always take extra plants to barter with. Oh. You know, and so this was a Hispanic lady, uh, and uh, <laughs> so she was very willing to uh, give Greg some cuttings. Oh, in exchange of what would turn out to be a multi-million dollar plant. Yeah. Uh, for some some barter plants that she didn't have. Hmm. But uh, anyway, that's uh, that's a a long story on uh, Gold Star Esperanza. It's interesting. And uh, they still got the... And it's on sale. That's important, too. 12-inch pot, regularly $24.99. That's almost about $25. On sale for $19.88. The pot is the decorative pot. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I was going to say, Calvin, you're, I, I know people aren't getting together, but that would be uh, perfect. You know, you always talk about if you want instant color, that, that pot there would brighten up any patio or yeah. front yard until you can kind of put it in the ground. Yeah, uh, they used to have all black pots. Yeah. But uh, the growers uh, said that they increase uh, value added, basically. Uh, when they started using those decorative pots that you can just take home and pl- put on your patio. you know, Like Kevin always says, you have to water it. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it's a drought-tolerant plant once it's established in the soil, but uh, it'll bloom better and everything else if you water it probably daily on a hot patio. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, like the, the yeah. fire, fire bush is the, in the same category. Yeah, yeah. That's and, what you always talk about. Yeah. And, and, and then always, you know, anybody with familiar with it out there in the landscape, you hardly ever think about watering it there. But you you better be looking at it every day in this kind of weather yeah. on, the, on your patio. <laughs> and the, these plants, uh, and to keep them blooming... Uh, use a water-soluble fertilizer at least once a week. Keep them blue. Keep, keep that new foliage. Gosh, he's, that's, he's gotten. He doesn't say copious as much anymore. But no, like, he's, he's on that once a week thing. <laughs> well, let's see. He has. He wasn't really talking about using osmocote on it. He, yeah, because uh, now you, the, the growers. The yeah. reason these plants are so pretty. Yeah. Is that the growers use osmocote in the mixes? Copious amounts. Yeah. Oh. Well. Oh. Well, they said as se- much as they can afford. Semi-copious amounts. Yeah, semi-copious. Some of some of them use uh, soluble fertilizer too. Every, oh, every yeah, end. they do. Yeah. Uh, I I think all of them do. Yeah. So every time they water, they're adding a little bit of soluble fertilizer. And that's that's one of the reasons too why we uh, sometimes the plant that we put in our landscape. Tastes a little different to the deer than it will. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah that's once, true. Once Very can, true. Yeah, no, you know, I think you bring that out in your column. Yeah. It, uh, it's growing so fast, that the, and the chemi- chemistry is not as potent as it will be. Yeah. 
And uh, Kevin, and we talked about yesterday's column, Kevin, yesterday column in the in the Express, and uh, it's got a a good picture of a deer on there, big t- big uh, uh, close up of a of a of a doe deer, a female deer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, uh, but anyway, he, Calvin talks about you when you're first planting almost anything, even if it's supposed to be deer resistant, you should protect it uh, for uh, as far as that happens, that's six to eight months. <laughs> but I always say three months. Yeah, and I'm, I, I talk about three weeks or something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, if you get them used to that stinking uh, liquid fence, you know, the, the deter the initial <laughs> deter the initial uh, grazing or browsing of, uh, and I think at least a month, a month and a half will be enough. The uh, well, I was just some, uh, the other day I saw a planting of uh, lantanas. Which deer, once they're settled in, are not, not yeah. really going to eat them. But they had they had nipped at them a little bit, but they had pulled them out. Yeah, yeah. Pulled them out of the. So there they were, in, <laughs> intact with their root balls, basically, with just a couple of nips on the tops. Oh, yeah. All right, 210-308-8867. Let's take this time out right now to let you call in, and uh, we'll take a break. 210-308-8867. Toll free. 866-308-8867. I'm Milton Glick, along with Dr. Calvin Finch and Dr. Jerry Parsons, and we're live at Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery, 1604 on Boulevardy Road, on 930 AM, The Answer. Hi, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. Lots of great things to save on at Millburgers, and I'm going to tell you about some of my favorites right now. Are you ready to plant fall tomatoes? Well, fall tomatoes are here, and these are the varieties at Millburgers that are recommended for our area, including 602, HM8849, Red Deuce, Celebrity. These are Texas superstars like Tycoon or Dwarf Cherry Surprise, and much, much more in the four and a half pots with a well-rooted transplant, just $1.99. This week at Millburgers, you'll save on Mexican Bird of Paradise, a Texas superstar. Sanisa is on sale. Texas Sage in the three and five gallon containers, now just $16.88. You'll save on Gold Star Esperanza on sale in the 12 inch pot for just $19.88. Theralis, Angel Trumpet, Variegated Ginger, and more at Millburgers Landscape Nursery, 1604 on Bull Road on the web at Millburger nursery.com Fly me to the moon let me play among the stars let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars in other words hold my hand and welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South know, Texas, on 9.30 a.m. The Answer traces out on the porch. We need to get you your own theme music. I was thinking about this early. You got any requests? Fill my I heart think on that. Okay, you think on that. We'll, we'll, uh, Al will get you. We got you. We got the plant of the weekend theme music, but we haven't done that in a while. 
No. Um, but yeah, we'll get. And here's Trace. Da 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 da. da kind of like that, you know. I have an idea of one, but I gotta <laughs> I gotta hear it first. Okay. Well, you 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 work on that for the this week. That'll be your plan. No, you don't have anything else going on. No, so. Yeah. Well, what's going on? Yeah. Trace, uh, give us a. Do you mind giving us a report on the uh, the blooming? Plants, of course, it's real obvious the vinca are out there showing vincas off. Vincas and zinnias, yeah. both, both in four-inch and six-inch pots. So have you got all three kinds of the zinnias? Or just, uh, mostly the little blooms, uh, yeah. although this week I do have some 10-inch pots of Dreamland coming. Oh, cool. Um, let's see, Purslane, Portulaca, Marigolds, uh, some different salvias. Uh, I still think there's some bachelor buttons out there. I'd have to check on that one. Uh, herbs are still decent selection. So, so lots of uh, lots of color and lots of uh, plants to if you're oh to fill in. Say your uh, zinnias are kind of at the end of their bloom period. You're you're, you're planting. Um, you get some more dreamlands to put them in, or uh, what's that? What's that? That little one called with the it starts with the. Is, is it? Uh, well, there's Linearis, which I don't have, uh-huh. and, the, and there's a couple of those little small blooming ones. That I don't remember the name off the top of my head. Yeah, they're they're. I, I went ahead and planted some this time, and they're they're pretty good. The one issue I have with them is that you've got to they grow, grow relatively low, so you've got to be ready to get in there and weed weed them out. Whereas the bigger zinnias, you you get a little more uh, time, but. Uh, the uh, butterflies and hummingbirds seem to like them just as much as the the big ones. They so. do. Uh, this morning I had to go out and water the plants because my wife's not there. And when she gets back, she's going to be a little upset because I started picking off all the dead blooms off of her shrimp plant. Hmm. And I, I left no blooms. Yeah. So when she gets back, she's going to have a sh- well, uh, surprise. Good news, they should be back quick. Yes, yeah. Well, I mean, there was I probably picked off 200 blooms off of uh-huh. one plant, and uh, so that was a great hummingbird experience for her. Hey, um, we, when you want to help us with a call, while well, we got one online, Joanna's online with a stinging nettle question. Oofta. Oofta. Oh, dear. Hi, Joanna. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? I'm doing quite well, thank you. How are you? Fine. Did you like that response so far with oofta? I don't know. Well, that doesn't sound good. Actually, I was driving home from church and got out of my car after I got the number down. I came in and unloaded and all that, and then I just called the number. So I don't even know what he said. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. He said, we, I told him what I thought your question was, and Calvin's response was, woofta. Stinging nettle. It's not, we, we, we don't hear about that every day. Is that what your question's on? What's your question, it's a, Joanna? It's stinging nettle. Last year, I found a one plant on my acre. My grandchildren actually found it, the one who's very allergic. And we got into it and, I mean, dug it out, got all the roots, and it was gone. I discovered another one in a little fence I have around my fruit trees because I have deer. And um, I thought I got all the roots. I thought I dug it out well. And then last week, there's two more plants there, and now I found two others in other beds that are, like, on the other side of the house. I'm not a happy camper. Yeah, they uh, they spread by seed too. Yeah, yeah. I know, so, and I'm thinking likely, you know, it seeded, and I didn't realize it. Yeah, you're doing well by just digging them up when you see them. Uh, you could do a pre-emergent over the area uh, twice a year, and it would cut down on the possibility of them spreading by seed. But you know, they could be a couple miles away, blooming, and uh, 
just takes a couple of seeds to blow into your yard and start the process. Hmm. But, okay, well, yeah, when I'm going after the roots, I want to make sure I get it all. Um, I, I, I'm from my, uh, What I've read, they're saying that they're rhizinous roots and they can go a long distance. I, I guess I need to go ahead and just remove my mulch and my weed barrier and all that around my trees and just go after it? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, I just wait till it sprouts. Yeah, and then just uh, you know, do do the best you can. Some of them will be easy to dig out. Uh, others, yeah. others, you'll just have to cut what you can and then cut them. A well, that's times. yeah. That's that. I thought I got it, but I, I thought I had done a good job. I got a huge. I mean, it was like ten inches of root, but it came back. Yeah. Unless it, it was a different plant, but it was in exactly the same place. Well, Roundup, have you tried Roundup on it? I, I try to stay away from chemicals if I can. Have but you Randolph, tried Roundup on it? <laughs> I have not. Well, that's it. Okay, okay. When, you, when you get tired of digging, just uh, get a squirt bottle of Roundup, which kills the plant all the way to the root, so you won't have to dig it. You know what else works, Slick? What about... Um, Trace's uh, favorite um, broadleaf. Over the top? Oh, uh, wipeout or? Uh, uh, Weed-free zone. Uh, it's too it's too hot right now. Yeah. Uh, but, but that would work. But then the, the slick thing about that <clears throat> is that you've got, they've got it in the uh, uh, spray bottle kind of mm-hmm. set up already. Very easy to but, use and very... But if she doesn't like chemicals, that's not going to help so much. So. Well... Not, uh, not that I would ever recommend this, but there are yeah. people out there that would tell you to use two ounces of orange oil to a gallon of 20% vinegar, and you spray it. Basically, you burn the, uh, I don't want to use a jerry word, you burn the plant down, <laughs> and um, you, if, you'd have to do it numerous times, and, no, ev- and eventually it would give up. All you're doing, yeah, is just taking the top off. Yeah. Um, another side option might be pouring salt in that spot. Oh Lord! Well, next to your peach tree. Why, did she say next to peach tree? Well, yeah, it's oh, next well, to that. I, didn't, I didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you, you've got you, you seem to have a pretty reasonable control program what you're doing, but you uh, you could uh, you've got those other options to kind of fall back on. Um, yeah, when you get t- get tired of playing with all that <laughs> other stuff. Uh, uh, you plant, use a roundup on it, and not get rid of it. Okay. Right. Well, I will keep in mind. Thank you very much, fellas. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, good luck. Thanks for calling, Joanna. All right. That number Joanna was talking about is 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. I have a question for Trace. Oh, says, uh, lucky Trace. <laughs> Reading Calvin's article, he says, to reduce the likelihood of this damage from this deer, apply liquid fence, which we have, right? We do have. Uh, to new plants once a week for at least three weeks. Now, Forrest Appleton <laughs> gives you three months. I would but, say three months, but, <laughs> but uh, three weeks is better than no weeks. Yeah. Uh, the smell is horrendous to us and evidently the, to the deer as well. Then Calvin says, I've tried many other deer repellents, including coyote urine, human urine, 
Oh, wait a minute. Human hair. Well, that, I'm sorry. I was going to say, that was free. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> yeah. It's always dangerous to have him reading your article. Yes, it is. I always have to go back and say, I'm not, I'm not I don't remember I writing that. it like that. <laughs> that's, that's odd. Well, when I said that, uh, you know, Malcolm Beck was making a deer-resistant uh, What is that? Thing, it's a or, menace. A deer, yeah. deer repellent. And he was using his own urine. Yeah. And I told him, I said, Mal, you can't put out enough urine to start promoting promoting a product that's made from your <laughs> urine. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway. Poor Delphine yeah, would have, uh, have drink a lot of water yeah, and drinking yeah, water all the yeah. time. <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's see, y'all have several different types of urine in there. Don't you have bobcat urine in there? No, actually, the supplier is uh, MIA. Oh, uh, how interesting. On, on a lot of the chemicals like that. Well, but, I guess so. They had trouble collecting it. So the, the <laughs> one that we actually sell the most of is I Must Garden, oh. which still has the same smelly properties as <laughs> uh, Liquid Fence. Okay. But it's relatively new, right? But, uh, we've had it for years, but they, they mask it with something that's not as bad to us. So oh, one of them has smell. like a mint. They've okay. added mint to it, so it doesn't stink so bad to us. And uh, the other one is um, a spice scent. It has a stinking mint smell to it. Is right. That what you do? So it's yeah. If you've ever walked by a liquid <laughs> fence, I mean, it makes you want to hurl. Um, <laughs> this isn't so bad. Uh, yeah. what, what if it lasts as long as liquid fence? Well, it's roughly the same ingredients. Yeah, I bet it does. But it, not by the same company. No, no, no. Now, on that three-week versus three-month, uh, go ahead and experiment a little bit, because I've had good luck with the three-week. Uh, it really hasn't made any difference. Yeah. Though. Well, even yeah. even the best deer repellent or deer-resistant plants, I I will always recommend doing the, that right. for, for a yeah. length of time, because these plants are, are pushed. They're fertilized and irrigated yep. to be as big and pretty as they possibly can, which means they're going to taste different. Yeah. So once they harden off to a real-world situation, the taste is going to be not as good. And well, they've, they've got what we call a curiosity brow. Yeah, that's right. They're, well, they, they, uh, or or some, it out. They'll, they'll just Sometimes, pull it right out of the ground whether they yeah, want to eat it or not, yeah, just to make sure you plant something Sometimes else. it's uh, an ornery rather than just curiosity. Okay. So, so. We, so we never got to figure out uh, or go see or uh, visit the uh, people that were doing the coyote urine. Because I wanted to see how they collected that. Or, or bobcat urine. Uh, and you were supposed to arrange that tour. I know. You didn't call them? It's got, <laughs> it's got to Have be got a- captivity <laughs> in a cement area, and they wash it to one area. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you, you raise dogs, so you <laughs> know. Um, but uh, I, especially that cat, that, uh, ki- uh, that uh, wildcat wild cat yeah. urine. That had to be hard to collect. Yeah, whether you were the holder or the collector, I know we have to. We'll have to look online, Dennis. See if you can find an article by someone that says I was once a uh, coyote or bobcat urine collector. So we'll get him on the line. Ask him how that went. Yeah, but always also says uh, the the pepper sauce was effective, but others didn't seem to work. But uh, the pepper sauce probably doesn't last so long. It doesn't last very long. But I imagine with it, with no rain going around here, that uh, liquid fence or what's the other one? I must garden. 
I yeah. must guard her. That's a cute name. Yeah, That's a great name. Easy to remember. When my <laughs> wife did uh, uh, training on dogs, the, uh-huh. the one that she would always use was uh, vinegar, the, the regular one. But she'd grind up habanero in it. Oh. And the dogs, you know, if they were chewing on something, they would never do it again. Oh, wow. wow. They I, smelled, thought that, they, I thought they, they were peeing on it. No, they, that's, smell, that's they smell that vinegar. And, yeah, and, I bet. Which is not so, I mean, they, they know the smell, but then once they lick the habanero, they're. Yeah. Yeah, they're not happy. Nope. So they associate the smell to the huh. the uh, hot mouth. So we don't so do have the deer, that. So uh, the deer do the same thing? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. We don't so. have that array of urine that we use. Oh. No. I, I think that the, the two people that wanted to hear about urine or have have been satisfied oh okay all right <laughs> this is always fascinating I know, how they I collected know. i know i know <laughs> but anyway uh, <laughs> i got a uh, uh we were talking a couple of weeks ago about um purple about purple fire spike yeah fire spike so I don't have any, but it, yeah. I'm sure I will soon. You said you might get some, and I'd never heard of purple fire spike. I knew the red one, the pretty red one that blooms in the in the shade, and uh, has the beautiful red blooms in the in the fall well, we, when maybe, the hummingbirds come through. Maybe we can get Hank to call in and uh, comment on how well hers did or did. Yeah, that's a yeah. good idea, Hank. You can give us a report because yes, you said she bought a a, a couple of them. Yeah. Yeah, it says uh, the question was, I live in southern Florida and planted two purple fire spike in full sun and water regularly. The leaves are turning light green, almost yellowish, and the tips are getting back a black tint. I thought these plants like full sun and water. What am I doing wrong? And uh, I had never heard of purple fire spike, so I kind of blew it off. But Forrest jumped in there. Yay, Forrest. He took it on and nailed it, too. Did he start uh, with, why did you move to Florida? <laughs> uh, what? Did he start with, why did you move to Florida? <laughs> I would have tried to say something like it's a coronavirus. Yeah. You know? So I'm glad Forrest handled yeah. this Yeah. Millie, Forrest Appleton Wright. The purple fire spike, and he gives the scientific name, grows in moist, in most soil types that drain well and are kept moist. Your symptoms make me wonder if your soil may be holding the moisture, causing the light green color and black tips. Stick your finger in it and see if it is saturated. And she writes back, yes. <laughs> I tend to kill my plants with kindness. I stop the daily watering, and the leaves are greening up nicely. Thank you so much. So uh, Forrest pulled us out of the fire again. All right. 210-308-8867. Let's see if we can help Betty at 210-308-8867. Hey, Betty, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. What's going on today? Betty, are you there? Betty, 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 Betty. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> Betty's not there, huh? Uh, okay. Uh-oh. Uh, we lost you, Betty. Something happened, so oh, give us a call back. Betty. I, should, I bet she wants to sign up for that let's, uh, let's do coyote this. urine. Maybe tour. so, the tour that you're going <laughs> to. <laughs> let's do this. Um, we'll give her a chance to call back while we'll take a break at 210-308-8867. She's got a crepe Merle question. Okay. 210-308-8867. More in a moment on Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer. Hi, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. Lots of great things to save on at Millburgers, and I'm going to tell you about some of my favorites right now. Are you ready to plant fall tomatoes? Well, fall tomatoes are here, and these are the varieties at Millburgers that are recommended for our area, including 602, HM8849, Red Deuce, Celebrity. These are Texas superstars like Tycoon or Dwarf Cherry Surprise, and much, much more in the four and a half pots with a well well-rooted transplant, just $1.99. This week at Millburgers, you'll save on Mexican Bird of Paradise, a Texas superstar. Sanisa is on sale. Texas Sage in the three and five gallon containers, now just $16.88. You'll save on Gold Star Esperanza on sale in the 12 inch pot for just $19.88. Theralis, Angel Trumpet, Variegated Ginger, and more at Millburgers Landscape Nursery, 1604 and Bull Verde Road on the web at Millburger Nursery. I've got you under my skin. I've got you deep in the heart of me. And welcome back to Millburgers so Gardening South Texas on 9:30 a.m. The answer 210-308-8867. But uh, we got well, Betty. We're gonna hope you call back at 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. But we're gonna talk to Johnson City Joe right now. He's on the line. We got to get to him while we got him. Yeah, uh, is he still alive? Yeah. Gonna, let's let's test it out. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing all right. I'm barely alive. <laughs> all right. That's, that's why I didn't want to take too much time and have you wait too long on the phone. Well, the, you know, the uh, up here with this coronavirus, I'm isolated with my 70-year-old wife and her 92-year-old mother-in-law. Oh, Lord. There's three of us, okay? I got bad health. They all do. I have to shoot the buzzards away from the house all the time. No. <laughs> They're just waiting for us to go. <laughs> buzzards, man. No. Uh, I didn't hear that part. You didn't hear the bar part. No, that's, that, that's better than Jerry's house where the cockroaches and the English sparrows are waiting. Yeah. yeah but I got the, the cockroaches going to take over the world anyway. Yeah. But uh, what I'm calling about is, first of all, y'all left out a really good deterrent on deer. Blood meal. You soak what is blood, it? Be- blood you meal. Soak blood oh. meal in a sock, make a tea out of it, and then you spray it all over your plants that you don't want the deer to eat. The only problem is your dogs might want to eat it. Yeah. Well, I, mean, you, I guess it's it's great, too, if you're on a diet because you're to be so nauseous that you won't uh. be eating much either. <laughs> yeah. Also, what it does, it, it's a fertilizer. So yeah. you give, you're giving your plants a little shot of fertilizer. It's not I a cheap fertilizer too- either. Huh? 
No, it's a, it's a, an expensive fertilizer too. In well, terms not of when a, you make a tea out of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> you you use that to repel deer, is that right? That's right. I put it in a sock, okay. soak it in a bucket of water, okay, and I make okay. a tea out of it. Okay. And then I, I, I go around and spray all my plants that I don't want the deer to eat with it, and it really does help. Yeah, it um, couldn't. It couldn't. It couldn't. Uh, I mean, it's not an effort lost because uh, it is, like you say, a fertilizer too. It's a fertilizer what? too. So you're you're giving them a little shot of uh, nitrogen yeah. at the same time. So well, well you know, our uh, we Terry and I have talked about this too. Maybe with you, Joel. Joel but uh, uh, Cliff Bingham, the master gardener, used to do a great job with uh, pepper sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it always amazed me. We'd we'd be at his house, and he'd have these peach trees. The deer would be walking on the path right next <laughs> to these peach trees. And in my neighborhood, if they got within fifty feet of them, you know, it was like they disintegrated. <laughs> but that's that wasn't true Texas deer. They would have been after those. Oh yeah, hot yeah. pepper leaves. Well, I've watched the deer come up to my plants when I spray it with this uh, uh, blood meal. Yeah. And it leaves a little residue, okay? Uh, because that blood mills, you know, is f- very fine stuff. It leaves a little residue. And I've seen them just back off, snorting back off hmm. from oh. it. So I've, well, that's I, a good I, I, need to, I need to film that. Now, I've got a question for you about my tomatoes that I potted up about a month ago. Okay. Okay, they. I've got uh, some celebrities and some Romas. I'm going to pot up for. I've got them potted for the fall. Okay. Okay. Every time I water them, I give them a little bit of fertilizer. Good man. Okay. Now the question I have, I'm getting a leaf curl. Yeah, uh, uh, a lot of a lot of times that that'll happen uh, with. Uh, when you add that much fertilizer to it. Okay. I've been using about half, half, uh, strength. Miracle Grow? Huh? Miracle What, Grow, what yeah. have you been fertilizing, spraying liquid, them with? Liquid fertilizer. Okay, good. I hadn't been spraying the leaves. I've been pouring it into the pot. Okay. That and works. It shouldn't, it shouldn't hurt to spray the leaves. You don't think so? I'll no. try that too. I'll uh, try some of them. But what causes that leaf curl? Uh, like I said, it's uh, too hot. <laughs> uh, yeah, the heat, the heat co- uh, contributes to that, and also, like I say, when you're f- heavily fertilizing, that can also cause a leaf. Curl. Well, it's, okay. and it's, it seems like some selections are more li- yeah, likely to do it that's than what other I was selections. Mention, yeah. That's well, I stick to my reliable ones that I know that I can. Y'all got all these fancy tomatoes. I've never even seen a tycoon. So oh, we're sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> if, if you didn't live in those backwood towns yeah. like Johnson City and whatever, maybe like uh, Roma. And what was the other one? Uh, celebrity. Oh, okay. Celebrity at Roma for the fall. Uh, I guess I guess since the, good. the COVID nineteen is to kind of shut off those yeah. those areas and uh, he hasn't had any contact with the civilized world since then. Well, I can't. They won't let me out of town. 
Yeah. <laughs> or or, or is, it, is it that, or they won't let you in other towns? Yeah, the other towns will say that. They got that. But the, the other thing I got, there's I got a gripe from the uh, Frog Fruit and the Horse Herb Association. Good. They said that y'all have been bad-mouthing frog fruit and no, not, uh, not all of us. Uh, somebody named Jerry Parsons. <laughs> yeah, we were bragging on well, frog fruit. Trace, I, I don't know frog fruit. Trace has even got it here at the Millburgers. I, I, I think I got both of them. If not, yeah. I have more coming this well, week. Well, that's great. How did they get the seed on that? <laughs> um, I guess that's they fun. hire a bunch of little frogs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it makes a good hanging, that frog fruit makes a good hanging basket. I, I like it and, it, and it's great in our butterfly garden. Yeah, that's right, in the certified butterfly garden. You know where, where it grows in my yard? Right up next to the uh, the street that goes down our road. Huh. Uh, and so I, I, make, I go out there and I just harvest the plant uh, and uh, okay. put it in places. But I have not learned how to get seed off a horse herb. Yeah. Well, uh, well, yeah. well, we. Uh, Jerry's an expert. So I, I, yeah, I, we, I have an answer to that. We, I want to hear what Jerry's is first. So. We started a project on it, but what you do with horse herb is it, it it produces every time it blooms that beautiful yellow bloom uh, produces a lot of seed. So what you do is let it get uh, fairly tall, where it's bloomed. Numerous times, and then you take your lawnmower with a catch catch basket to it, and uh, cut that horse herb uh, about a fourth of it off the top, and catch catch the clippings, which has got a million seed in it or more, and then you take those clippings and you spread them where you want the horse herb to come up. Yeah. Well, Jerry, Jerry had uh, did that big uh, research project. Yeah. And, uh, well, how do y'all do the flats of them? You said you had flats of them. Yeah, I imagine they do it from cuttings. Yeah. Yeah, most growing, most growing operations is probably cuttings. I've seen but them. I've even, seen even, them. Uh, y'all got it, Lady, right? Lady, Ver, Lady Bird I, I Johnson. Think I, I think there's a handful out there right now, but I know there's two flats coming in probably Wednesday-ish. Well, I keep yeah. mine. I've got lots and lots of horse herb. Good. Uh, I don't do have too. much of a lawn. My front yard is mainly nothing but plants. <laughs> yeah, well, that's I mean, the way I got it an acre. Uh, I got an acre, and uh, fr- the front yard is half an acre. So I just got paths <laughs> wow. that I walk through. <laughs> there you go. My neighbors cool. think I'm crazy. Uh, Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center, they, they even... They went through that same process that Jerry went through and had the same results. It's very hard to, to um, harvest yeah. the seed. So, oh, yeah. So their recommendation was if you're lucky enough to have a nursery that has the <laughs> transplants or just get them from a friend or yeah. a, a gardening and you, neighbor. And you really only have to get one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well. What, I, what, what stopped me was how to clean the seed. You know how to get the seed. That seed is tiny, tiny. Let God do it. So, <laughs> yeah, let God do it, or or John Thomas, one or the other. Yeah, up at uh, your old buddy up at Stonewall. Yeah, right. At Wild yeah. Seed Farms. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, had one other, uh, well, I'll tell, talk about you, but my project that I'm working on are expanding my garden into yeah. a horse pen. And I want to tell you, if you ever had a horse pen and you're trying to make a garden out of it, you start out with lots of Roundup. <laughs> because okay. it's going to have, uh, you got to kill all the weeds in it. The winter weeds, you got to kill all the summer weeds. And then <laughs> that, that pen is so uh, packed down, you got to bring in a jackhammer to make your beds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's anyway, right. that's my project since I can't go to work. Now yeah. I'm trying to make another garden. My wife says, What in the hell are you doing? <laughs> Can you can you get the water? Can you get water out there? Yeah. Well, soak it real good uh, about a five to seven days before you till it or try to work it, because you got to get moisture in that soil. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm uh, I'm go- I'm going uh, I'm using that project now. Also, uh, once I get a bed made, I keep yeah. watering it so the weeds will come back. There you go. And that's then the way the far- that's the way the farmers do it. That's why. And I keep, right. Well, I come from an old farming family, so. Yeah, well, when they start to reclaim a field, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll let it fallow for a couple of years <clears throat> where they're going in there uh, tilling it periodically and not letting the weeds go to seed and whatever. And then on the third year, they'll, uh, uh, they'll plant it. Hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. I thank y'all. I appreciate y'all's show. Y'all, yeah. I'm not alive. I don't. I go yeah, back. Hey, hey, I, I go some, back and something. listen to y'all old shows. <laughs> <laughs> if if uh, if something happens to you, Joe, give us a call. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell my wife. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Thanks, Joe. You take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, guys, Joe's been with us from the get-go. Oh, yeah. He can't go anywhere. <laughs> 210-308-8867. He sounds better than he had. Yeah, yeah, I think he sounds stronger. 210-308-8867. Got a couple minutes before you have to take a break. Guys, what else do we want to focus on? Trace, anything you want to make sure we talk about? You you talked about the frog fruit. <laughs> Is frog fruit or the horse herb that was coming in? Yes. Oh. Both. Oh, okay. <laughs> I gotta gotta go look at that frog fruit. I don't know if I know that plant or not. Yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's an attractive plant. I think it's more attractive than horse herb. And that wasn't the one that well, you were that. the blooms look like little eyeballs. Oh, do they? Oh, cool. Yeah. They get a little higher. I mean, taller than well. Yeah, I, I, they respond quicker than uh, horse herb. Yeah, it, it must not. Uh, be widely available, or widely planted, or like widely taken the taken the country like my horse herb is. Now my horse herb has gone dormant now. When you look at my horse herb area, it's flat. It's dusty and flat, as one would think. That's that's never coming back. But. It will come back. It will. It will rain when the rain comes. Yeah, we did get a few drops yesterday. 
Yeah, Mills. And when did you say the Sinisa was going to tell us? It I don't know if yesterday counted, but I have till Uh-oh. Friday to to for my two weeks. Is it coming Friday? Well, yeah. Well, they're projecting rain Friday and Saturday. Sure All right. Are. Sure uh, are. Real see. rain, more than five percent. Uh, <laughs> I can't tell that yet. It's twenty to 20, I'll, I'll thirty percent. I'll look at the weather. All right, we got to take a break. While we do, you give us a call at two one zero. 308-8867 210-308-8867 More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up live from Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road Remember you can learn more about what's going on what's on sale all that good stuff at millburgernursery.com Back in a moment on 930 AM The Answer Millburgers Gardening South Texas is sponsored by Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. We're back with Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. Milton Wick, along with Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, and hopefully you'll give us a call and be a part of the show at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867, the number to call to uh, tell us what's going on in your gardening world and seeing if we can help you. Uh, let's see. Oh, you know what? Maybe we can uh, uh, answer Betty's question, even though, because y'all were seem pretty familiar with it. It was on a canker on crepe myrtles, or what was it? No, hypoxylon. Hypoxylon uh, canker? Wait, wait, wait. On crepe myrtle? Not on, not on crepe myrtle, was it? Oh, that's what that's what Al said, so. I don't oh. think it's hypoxylon canker. No, oh, okay. No, no yeah. They'll get on. I got, I got the impression from Mary that it was hypoxylon on a shade tree, but. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, you want to just maybe. But, uh, but yeah, if. It'd you be said completely be... different if it was crepe myrtle. Oh, okay. yeah, we can we can handle that real quick, Milton. Yeah, there's no cure for it. The tree's gonna die. Oh, so okay. take it out. Oh my gosh. Okay. How's that? And there, and did you it's, get it? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that was that covered it. And it's a it's a hypoxylon is a disease that doesn't spread by organisms, but it's if one tree gets it in an environment, you you uh, generally expect other trees to be, have the same stress factors and you can expect other trees to die i mean it does not spread from an infected tree to another tree but it if one tree is uh put under stress the the, the other trees will be under stress too and you can expect more i always uh, i always see this vision of of uh cedar elms or uh, red oaks on a hillside Dry, yeah. hot, sunny hillside with very little soil, and they're they're pretty uh, mm. se- uh, susceptible. Susceptible, that's right. And then in this kind of weather is when we we see it quite a bit. Yeah. Kevin mentioned in his this week in the garden, control fire ants with baits such as amdro and mound treatments. Such as asaphate. Uh, some spinosad products are labeled for use in the vegetable garden. Well, I don't know about y'all, our listeners, but since this hot weather showed up, my fire ants have disappeared. I don't think we're going to have any more fire ants. Do you think? Your, is that your prediction? Yeah. Well, I think the I think the heat killed them. 
Hmm. But they've disappeared. We could well, talk to Spider-Man I, about I'll, that. I yeah. <laughs> uh, Spider-Man will probably have the same experience I had. <laughs> have now you've got you know with, I've got all these uh, bird bass that mm-hmm. are on, on the uh, <laughs> railings on on the patio. They're thirsty too, huh? So uh, you know, and then so you rinse them out and you pick it up. And underneath there is the fire ants, all the eggs and everything. <laughs> they're thirsty. Yeah, they're looking. They're they're still there. They're just not as uh, the mounds are incons- as obvious. Inconspicuous. Huh? Yeah. The other the other thing is that they uh, are. Uh, yeah, they're they're kind of moving mm-hmm. into uh, areas uh, where there's moisture. Yeah. So by you know on your patios or in your. Uh, Oh, right by the front door, back door, and places like mm-hmm. that, you'll see them, too. Suppose I get them in my plants, Calvin, my containers. Well, that's relatively easy. Almost uh, same. You see the same products. A uh, little bit of acetate or spinosad. Spinosad works. Yeah, but it, that is a likely. Especially, especially now. That's oh an, yeah, absolutely. Because we're watering those containers very well, and they're they're surviving and uh, be able to raise young. Uh, but so you just if you if it's uh, one of our citrus and you got uh, fruit on there, you you want to use spinosad for sure. Uh, but if it's uh, ornamental, uh, you can just use asafoetida or any of your. Uh, almost any of the insecticides will work. Yeah, by use it, you talk about mixing up a solution of it and watering with it. That pour it into the water. Yeah, yeah that's that. That's what works the best, and it's easy. You don't have to be overly delicate or yeah. careful about the me- measurements or anything. Yeah, you you uh, mix it just like you were going to spray it on on a label. And then water your plants with it, and that that get rid of the uh, uh, flies, the uh, g- the gnats, get rid of the gnats, and uh, fire ants as well. You know what we're getting a lot of questions on, Jerry, are the uh, um, cicada killers that are out there. You know, the cicadas are out there. The buzzing, and buzzing and making their noise. Oh and then, yeah! And then the cicada killers are they always look so <laughs> always look so fierce. Yeah, and they're uh, relatively bold. They uh, never strike me as being very aggressive. No, with the, people. Uh, we we've discussed this with Molly Keck Keck, and uh, her opinion is that uh, they won't sting. Even though they look like they would sting, they look like yellow jacket uh, or paper wash. But uh, unless you capture them or spray, uh, squeeze them or something like that, in other words, just leave them alone. Yeah. They'll buzz. They'll buzz your dogs, especially if you got a, a curious terrier mm. or something. But they, <laughs> they generally don't follow up if the yeah. dog moves away. You know how to control them, Milton? Mm-mm. Tennis racket. Is that right? Or badminton racket. Ignore them. Nail them. Ignore them because they're a great beneficial. Oh, okay. Oh. They, uh, they're, they're interested. <laughs> I never thought about that, Milton. No, you, your first your first solution is always <laughs> round up and then tennis racket. <laughs> Kill. Yeah, they're interesting. They 
they uh, catch those cicadas and then uh, uh, kind of what do, what do they call that when they give them a little dose of uh, so they're alive but they're they're not they're not moving so they put them in one in that big hole they made yeah and then they lay their egg on them and the uh, the egg hatches and that's what they they egg uh, that's pretty tough on the cicada cicada yeah, isn't it. Yeah, not much they're going to be eaten alive, Calvin. They are. And how can that be beneficial? It's not beneficial to the cicada. No. Yeah, and they're yeah. not, they don't do any harm. Cicadas don't. Do they? Well, probably not. <laughs> in, the, in the bigger picture of things, cicadas oh, okay. are not. Uh, um, I don't know if they actually do... Grasshoppers uh, sometimes too the the uh, cicada killers. Really? I don't I don't I don't, I don't know that. I just uh, yeah. it just looks like they would, but the uh, grasshoppers are a lot much harder to catch. No. But if you think your fire ants have disappeared, and you don't have fire ants now, if you're in Texas, especially in San Antonio, chances are you've got fire ants. All you have to do is put a piece, uh, make a little ball, or put a piece of uh, of a raw hamburger meat out there on the patio or somewhere. Just a, just put a little ball of it out there, and wait about uh, 30 minutes, and uh, see if see he see go out there and see if there's ants on there. And so, if there's ants in there. If you want to prove that they're fire ants, no. how do we do that, Melvin? No, this is purely your own <laughs> advice, and I don't think anyone who's ever heard it recommends it. I tell you, the Commissioner of Agriculture did it on TV. Uh-huh. What was that guy's name? Anyway, you pick that ball up, look that little ball of meat with all those ants on there. You're going to make Trace come back on the porch. <laughs> and if they're fire ants... You'll know within a matter of a minute, minute and a half. Because oh, they'll eat all the flesh off your bones all the way up to your yeah. elbow. So it's an awful high price to pay just to find out. <laughs> but if they're, if they're harmless ants, if they're the good ants, so to speak, they won't sting you. Hmm. Now, if they're leafcutter ants, leafcutter ants don't sting either. But they're, yeah, but they're and the leafcutter ants... Are probably not much interested in the hamburger either. No, no, that's right. Yeah. But <laughs> it was funny. I was giving talks up in up in uh, uh, in Lakey, one of my favorite places to give garden talk, and uh, they 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 were big time you uh, problem with the cut ants, leaf cutter ants. And at that time, when I when I first came here. You could buy methyl bromide, the, the canisters, which is a <laughs> very uh, toxic uh, chemical. But those people were used to using it on leafcutter ants up there all over the place. We had uh, 80-year-old people using that <laughs> to kill the cut ants. So when I went up there, and I'd never seen a cut ant before, I said, uh, do they sting? 
And it's funny, all the people that had grown up around cut-ass didn't know. They didn't know. They'd never been stung by a cut ant. But uh, so we all had to dismiss the garden tow program and go out and find a mound, which was about 100 yards from the courthouse, downtown Lakey, and uh, stir them up and uh, pick them up. And they didn't, they didn't sting. They don't sting. They did. What those cut ants are doing are just uh, taking the debris that they take off your plants, your leaves, and take it down into a, a huge complex mound. Make a stew. And make make uh, make a nurse nest out of it. Fungal, uh, fungal. Yeah, grow fungus on it. They're little farmers, but uh, people don't like them using their shrubs to no, farm. No, they seem on. to object to that. <laughs> So anyway, if you if you think you don't have virus now, if if your hamburger meat does have uh, ants on it for about after an hour, mm-hmm. you uh, <laughs> assuming that the cat don't get it or the dog don't get it, but uh, uh, and you probably don't know where the main mound is, so you're better off to use some of the baits. Uh, like Calvin said in his article, said uh, spinosad is an is an organic control, and it's in bait form too. And uh, he uses amdro, or uh, amdro is a bait too. That's a, one of the original baits. Uh, and the the ants will take it back to their main mound, wherever they are, and. Uh, they give it to the queen, and that takes care of them out. Okay. And uh, they, they've they come out with several uh, baits through the years. I I quit using them when, uh, when it came out that A&M and the, uh, uh, who, who was that congressman that were going to eliminate the fire ants? I quit got my money on the fire ants. Okay. <laughs> a bed farm betting on the fire. You learned that, your, that you program kind of went away, you know. You learned your lesson with the cotton root rot. Huh? Yeah, there you go. Speaking of cotton root rot, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, Neil Sperry in this week's column had uh, had brought up the uh, the problem of uh, cotton root rot and. Uh, said uh, let me read it here said uh, I have taken care a question is I've taken care of this Ely Agnes for six years it has thrived all that time but now it is going downhill Uh, half is dying while the other half is thriving the two trunks are crossing together should I take the dead trunk out altogether and leave the healthy one? Has the dying trunk been damaged somehow? And Neil writes back, The only two things I've ever seen bother Ely Agnes in Texas landscapes are lace bugs and cotton root rot. 
You can spray for the lace bugs. Well, the lace bugs, uh, you'll be seeing tan leaves all over the plant. Uh, He can't see that in in the picture. With cotton root rot, a part or all of the root system is killed quickly and the top dies as well. It's only prevalent in alkaline soils, which we are around San Antonio. And then in his uh, question of the of the week, he writes about, uh, somebody wrote in and said, what has hit my pyracantha espalier? And it's, it's a, he sent a picture of it, and it, it was huge. Said it's taken years to train it, <laughs> and with pain because pyracantha has little thorns on it. And now it looks like it has died in just a couple of weeks, and that whole pyracantha plant, espalier, in other words, put on a wall or or trellis, uh, was dead. Had dead leaves on. And uh, Neil writes back the cottonwood rod has killed this lovely pyracantha espalier. Uh, cottonwood rod, also known as Texas root rot. Uh, back in the old days, they called it Mexican root rot. And uh, if we want to be ugly to our neighbors, we call it Oklahoma root rot. <laughs> So uh, some of the things you need to know about it. Uh, let's see. It uh, attacks, uh, attacks more than 2,000 plant species. It is, it's everywhere. It's one of the most damaging diseases to the landscaping uh, industry in Texas. It eliminated the apple industry in Texas, and kind of it. It kind of works on grapes too. Uh, it may lie dormant in the soil for many years, then suddenly kills a susceptible species in a matter of a few days or weeks. That's what that's what makes uh, made the apple growers mad. They would plant trees and uh, for the first couple couple of years they would not have the cotton root rot problem but after they produced a crop uh, of apples it weakens the plant anytime a plant produces and uh, it would the cotton root rot would wipe them out uh, during that time of period Real uh, roses are real susceptible to yeah. Oh, yeah, big. I remember when they, uh, some of the apple orchards, uh, oh, they'd yeah. all have a, a rose planting every once in a while. Just a, <laughs> <it's> a, <coughs> symbolic, I guess, or, but also a, a, yeah. a, a detected the, the disease. Leaves hang on the, on the plant as if the trunk has been cut and reinserted back into the soil without roots. And uh, that's that's a that's a dead giveaway when the the plant dies uh, and the leaves all stay on the plant. And usually you can uh, just pull the plant out. Just oh yeah, not enough root left for hmm. for it to uh, resist. The, you're pulling it out of the ground. Yeah. 
Hey, let's. Uh, oh, sorry. go ahead. No, no. Let's see if we can help Art here on the line at two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Art, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How you doing today? Uh, doing good. I got a question. I've got a uh, Chilean mesquite tree. I love it. It seems to be it is dying. Uh, it's about eight years old, twenty foot tall. Uh, it had a burst of green, and over about a two-week period, all the leaves have uh, turned brown, looked like a dye, and I, it appears I'm losing it. Uh, any any idea what maybe or what I might do? What kind of mesquite tree is it? Chilean. 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 No. You say Chilean, Chilean, I say Chilean. There you um, go. Is it, is it in the middle of uh, San Augustine Lawn? Not, no, not at all. I'm out in Forestville and, uh, on a five-acre, and it's uh, right next to my driveway. I got a 100-foot driveway out the street, but the gravel. But uh, no, it, and it's on a little bit of the high ground. Not not very, but some. Are the leaves, leaflets still on it? Well, they're all, they're kind of gone now, Jerry. They're, uh, they were uh, a light green this year. Uh, we're not real heavy, but uh, it seems like in about a two-week period, it just kind of ended. <laughs> how are you? How how are you watering it? Uh, I'm really not. I did the last couple of days, but normally uh, I never water. Well then, that, you know, that's that's probably good because uh, yeah, that, that that's usually the first uh, yeah people thing over water discover. yeah, and that they those that grow are tr- they're trying to grow in the middle of a San Augustine lawn just don't last long yeah. yeah so that you can and if they wouldn't do that that'd be a wonderful landscape tree because they let through filtered light which would uh, profit the grasses yes yes, yes. hmm. So is that but, uh, is that the only thing that's affected that in that vicinity? Uh, it is. I have another one on the uh, on the other side of the house, uh, but at the same time, and it's doing fine. Uh, somebody how, said how, maybe how, it, how old are the trees? About eight years. Okay, and they've grown uh, good somebody, for eight years. Yes, they were, boy. They, they're a quick grower. I had one in Arizona when I was there. Uh, it worked real good. They got a lot of thorns on them, but uh, uh, <laughs> other than that, it's good. Does it have fruit, uh, the, the beans? No, not hardly at all. Very little. Okay. Where'd you get this thing? Huh? Uh, somewhere up near New Braunfels, uh, I shop it around. I saw a Chilean mesquite tree. They had two of them. I said, well, hell, I'll take them. So, uh, but, uh, that's been okay, a number just, of years ago. Yeah. Uh, I just wonder if, uh, they didn't originate out of, uh, uh, a university in the valley. A guy was interested in, uh. In, in mesquites, and he actually brought in several, a lot of species of of mesquites, and uh, he actually brought in some. Almost got 
fined for bringing those mm. invasive huh. things. <laughs> but uh, they're supposed to be fast growing and uh, and even even cold tolerant. But mm. uh, they turned out to not be a popular item. Did uh, uh, I, did uh, you uh, check the roots at all, or are they? Did you dig in dig into the ground and see what's down there? I have not. No, I have not, uh, Calvin. I, I, I would do that. Uh, I read on the internet. It said yeah, it could be beetles in a park. There's some at some of the junctions uh, on the tree. Their bark's kind of raised up a little bit. Uh, and then I've heard, you know, the cold could have got it, and they'll have a burst of energy, a light green, and then then it drops. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess I don't think I we had. had really... I don't think we had any cold last winter that would do that. It wouldn't seem like it. No. Uh, see okay. if see if you can shake the tree in the ground. In other okay. words, go ahead and grab the grab the main trunk and see if you can shake it in the ground. Which would indicate a root rot. There you if go. If you can, some type okay. of root rot. Probably maybe okay. cotton root rot. Alrighty, I do that. It's pretty okay. big, but I, you bet I'll give it a try. Well, okay. give us keep us informed. Yeah, it'd be interesting okay. to find out what you find out. All right, thanks. Thanks, Art. Okay. All right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Hey, talking to Warren Remy of Spider-Man Pest Control, I mentioned this yesterday, this week. He said that uh, two things that he's noticing people calling about that you may be experiencing and not know where to turn, that's termites and fleas. And I bet you uh, he would, uh, if you've got fire ant problems, he would help you with them, and he would even identify them for you so that you don't have to use hamburger or your hand. So if you're having problems with roaches or rodents or spiders or fleas or fire ants or whatever you got that's bugging you, uh, Warren Remy and Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control can help you out. And those, those termites are really serious, so uh, take them seriously and give them a call, 210-656-3721, 210-656-3721. Mosquitoes as well. He's got a couple things to help you with that, too. At Spider-Man Pest Control, 210-656-3721. On the web at GoSpiderManPest.com, your web of protection since 1976. Have you ever watched a roach on the ceiling? No, hang on. We got we got to take a break. You can talk to me more about that after this. More in a moment on 9:30 a.m. The answer. Hi, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. Lots of great things to save on at Millburgers, and I'm going to tell you about some of my favorites right now. Are you ready to plant fall tomatoes? Well, fall tomatoes are here, and these are the varieties at Millburgers that are recommended for our area, including 602, HM8849, Red Deuce, Celebrity. These are Texas superstars like Tycoon or Dwarf Cherry Surprise, and much, much more in the four-and-a-half pots with a well rooted transplant, just $1.99. This week at Millburgers, you'll save on Mexican Bird of Paradise, a Texas superstar. Sanisa is on sale. Texas Sage in the three and five gallon containers, now just $16.88. You'll save on Gold Star Esperanza on sale in the 12 inch pot for just $19.88. Theralis, Angel Trumpet, Variegated Ginger, and more at Millburgers Landscape Nursery, 1604 and Bull Road on the web at Millburger Nursery. Those fingers in my hair 
That sly come hither stare That strips my conscience bare It's witchcraft And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, 210-308-8867. Again, not everybody wants to come on the air, so Calvin's answering a question for somebody off the air. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, we'll see. Uh, I don't think he wants to be on the air at this point. They've answered most of the questions. So we'll keep going. You can call us and be a part of the show or come by, and we'll see if we can't help you. But our number is 210 210- 308-8867, 210-308-8867. All right, uh, what you got there? We were talking about uh, cotton root rot and the uh, prime candidates for the disease. In other mm-hmm. words, it'll kill, kill the plant. Are apples, pears, coneaster, uh, loquats, pyracanthus, Lace bark, lace bark elm, silver maples, which we don't sell here, mm-hmm. cottonwoods, and altheas, the Rose of the Sharon. Yeah. My blue angel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and there are another one, just as a sidebar, that doesn't like wet feet. The, we had one in our yard, did great, did great. Every grass dead. All the other plants suffer, and it did great. And then we got a rain for a long, long time one season, and that was the end of it. It killed it, huh? Yeah. Is that normal or no? Well, or is it it's too, that, too that, much water will kill anything? I guess so. That's the only thing that would get rid of the bamboo. Yeah. You could, you could, you could overwater the bamboo and kill it too. But anyway. <laughs> Sorry. So, um, yeah. I, 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 I got you. Oh, we got Ed on the line. You want to talk to Ed real quick? Yeah. I got a couple calls. All right. Did you finish your thought, or you want to hold yeah, it? Yeah, I'm finished. All right. Ed's on the line at 210-308-8867. Hey, Ed, what's going on? How can we help you? Uh-oh. Uh, I got, you got a, a buffalo grass question. And uh, you tell me when you're tired of li- talking, and I'll <laughs> get off. But, uh, first, uh, you have a, or you talk about a product called Cutbine and Stump Killer. Mm-hmm. Right. Is one of those brands, uh, does it come with a, like a little applicator brush or something? Right. Which one is that? I think uh, all of them, uh, it depends on the size container you get. Right. Uh, the smaller container has a little brush. And it used to have a kind of a cotton swab on the yeah. end of it. Uh, I think they they stopped doing that. Yeah, I, I thought Calvin said that they weren't, but he missed the brush or something. Yeah, if you if you have if you buy the smaller container of it, cut vine and stump killer, right. uh, it's got some type of applicator on it. Well, now mine doesn't. Now, I bought a small a, can. A package of it. Uh, oh, I don't know. A couple of years ago. And it just came with a little applicator top that where you can squeeze some through a hole like a salad dressing applicator. Right. But what I need is something that has a brush so I can sort of reach into tight places and that sort of thing and, 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 you know, apply it. The cut fine and stump killer he's talking about, Calvin. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, Do you remember if you're the, the one I bought did not have anything at all? You had to. 
peel the like, you can apply it to a yeah, brush yeah i would just i would just dip a brush in there and, yeah. and, and use it or put it in a, in a little cup or something and then right yeah i can brush. do that i just uh you know obviously would prefer the uh, applicator be inside the container I, I thought it would be sort of like a, a small brush that like a nail polish or something like that, or no. or even a dauber like shoe polish would work. But that's, okay. that'd be a great idea. That's a really good idea on that one, the shoe polish idea. Yeah, you would have to just have to look at each of the containers that uh, sell that stuff. Yeah, is it, is it all okay. sold on the cut line and stuff? I I was probably gonna order it off the internet, or or I. I it's sort of a hard. Trip for me to make it all the way to San Antonio and and dig around in the nurseries. Well, I can. I'll, I'll run in there. I'll run in there and. Oh and man, you got the, personal service here, Ed. See which because okay, it, I, I know I, I you're right. Uh, I can't remember the. Yeah, there is one that is. Uh, I'll recognize it when I see it. That has the brush. I think mine's green light and doesn't have a brush. Oh, yeah, and this is a kind of a different brand that we're. Yeah. All right, I'm going to do that. Actually, I, and I may take your idea and find a old shoe polish thing and and uh, and use that instead of the brush. But anyway, what are you trying to kill, and where are they growing? Well, I've got some uh, mostly hackberry uh, uh, seedlings or root yeah. sprouts that come up, and they yeah, you know don't they we all? corner of a fence, so they'll get uh, uh, you know come up. In, in in a tight place somewhere where you can't really get the whole bottle in there to, to yeah. top on, so you need a, some kind of an applicator. And, yeah, and it's the... also, if you cut something that's like an inch in diameter, uh, I cut them off with a pair of loppers, and then I like to just apply the stuff, you know, the, the product around the edge where the cambium layer is. I, I don't want to just splash it all over and use two or three times as much as I really need to. There you go. Uh, right. uh, do, you... Uh, do, uh, uh, are there any desirable plants that you want to keep around the that you're, where you're getting rid of? Uh, most of the time not, but occasionally I'll have something, like I have a mesquite tree that came up and it's actually touching the, the trunk of a desirable tree and I'm trying to cut that off and get rid of it without, um, yeah, yeah, you know, without hurting the tree. Well, one thing, one thing, if you're out, there, if you're just doing fence lines and things like that, uh, you can use remedy and actually spray it on, spray it on the foliage and uh, and the trunk of uh, the the uh, sapling. Yeah. And re- remedy is, uh, I, I think you can find it easy on the internet. Okay, all right. Ed, what was your other question, Ed? Well, years ago, y'all, uh, well, not y'all didn't do it, but I think Saws uh, gave away a bunch of trees, and I was volunteering with the people that were, you know, manning the booths and everything, and I got me a Texas ebony. Now. Is that something I can just plant, and once I get established, I can forget about it, or is it going to be something that needs constant care? No, I think Texas ebony would uh, 
once you give it a couple of years to get established, uh, it's pretty well. It's a it's a it's a Texas native, I think, and uh, it'll pretty well be drought tolerant. Okay, great. That's good to hear. Um, uh, I've the, got the, the, the product here at Millburgers that has the brush is a the stump out brand, stump out brand, stump okay. and vine killer, which is. Uh, they, through the the last few years, think the, they have changed. But stump out, and stump and vine killer, and that has okay. All right, uh, it has the brush. Stump yeah. out. Uh, I like that. Yeah, there. Uh, Ed, quickly, what's what's, what's your last question? Okay. Uh, okay. Last question. Uh, I've got uh, a bunch a bunch of uh, chili pekin bushes, and I've got several that are like eight or nine feet high. They're, they're sort of leaning against the fence, but they stick up oh, at least a couple of feet above the, the top of the fence. And I want to reproduce those, but I haven't had much luck. And I, I remember previously, Gary had said something about you have to treat them with uh, potassium nitrate or something to some, some sort of high nitrogen um, I think somebody thing. else said that. I didn't. I never have tried that. But uh, have you have you tried uh, planting the seed directly out of the uh, fruit? Yes, I've tried it dries. that. Drying them. Tried planting the whole fruit. Tried uh, <laughs> you know, removing the seed from the fruit and then planting them. And and okay. I have had a, a few come up, but. Uh, I'm sort of really disappointed when it's, and then this year I had zero uh, success. Yeah. I want you to uh, extract some seed from red fruit and uh, put it in the freezer. Freeze it. Okay. For about, for about uh, four, to, four to six weeks. Wow, okay. Because uh, they have a... I think they have a cold dormancy. I don't know why, uh, since they're native down here. But uh, some people say that uh, freezing them helps germination. Okay, I'll try that. Uh, okay. All right. Can, can Thanks, I plant Bermuda grass seed in the fall? Quick, Ed, quick. we got to gotta go. Um, you I'm can, but grass seed. it's better to plant Buffalo grass seed. Uh, better to plant it in May. But uh, if you if you plant it in the fall, I can, I'm trying to remember, Jerry. What we we generally say, the not once you get into September, it's right, not worth it. right, right. And it's it's good. You can plant uh, buffalo grass seed anytime you want to, <laughs> and hopefully, to, hope like hell it doesn't come up. Yeah, I, th- I think he wants it though. All right, Ed. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. Talk to you later. Okay, yeah, we got to go. I'm sorry. Hey, 210-308-8867. David, hang on the line. We're going to get to you right after this on Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. 
Hi, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. Lots of great things to save on at Millburgers, and I'm going to tell you about some of my favorites right now. Are you ready to plant fall tomatoes? Well, fall tomatoes are here, and these are the varieties at Millburgers that are recommended for our area, including 602, HM8849, Red Deuce, Celebrity. These are Texas superstars like Tycoon or Dwarf Cherry Surprise, and much, much more in the four and a half pots with a well-rooted transplant, just $1.99. This week at Millburgers, you'll save on Mexican Bird of Paradise, a Texas superstar. Sanisa is on sale. Texas Sage in the three and five gallon containers, now just $16.88. You'll save on Gold Star Esperanza on sale in the 12 inch pot for just $19.88. Theralis Angel Trumpet, Variegated Ginger, and more at Millburgers Landscape Nursery, 1604 and Bull Road on the web at millburgernursery.com. Someday. When I'm awfully low When the world is cold I will feel a glow Just thinking of you And the way you look And welcome back to Millburgers Garden in South Texas on 930 AM. The Answer. We're going to talk to David in just a second, but I want to give you a little tip. If you're interested in security for your home, and that's BSG, Locally owned, locally run, local people to contact, local technicians, local company uh, that does uh, uh, home security, smart home security for folks. And I'll tell you a funny story. I'll ask Jim to share it with us. But uh, the number 210-877-1222 or bsgtexas.com. Uh, I encourage you to do your research on companies, and you'll find that uh, other companies, bigger national companies, um, don't treat their customers quite right because the reviews are, are just they're just sad uh, then read the reviews on BSG and you'll see great things about them how well they were treated how much they uh, recommend them all that uh, it's bsgtexas.com is where but uh, go online and do your research but the cool thing was one of the things that Jim was telling me late last week was people are really interested in security at night and cameras uh, that allow them to be warned if someone is walking uh, on their property and the cameras are so sophisticated that they allow you to uh, distinguish so if an animal comes on the property you're not alerted uh, but if a human being does you are alerted uh, and they actually flip that technology so if a raccoon is walking in your yard you don't get the alert but if uh, someone a, a prowler is that you get the alert but they had they turned that around and they had a neighbor situation where the neighbor's dog was pooping on the yard <laughs> and this was just funny and so they uh, used the cameras the neighbor said no nope, that's not my dog that's not his poop i mean <laughs> they were really denying it and um yeah with the security cameras they were able to uh take the setting down so it did capture that then they said well here's a video on my phone of your dog pooping on my lawn at you know three in the afternoon yesterday <laughs> so uh you know i think it may be happening so anyway, it's just kind of uh, funny. My brother in uh, Ohio had that same situation. Oh, okay. And he would, 
he let the dog go ahead and poop, and then he would scoop it up and throw it into the neighbor's <laughs> Jeez. Oh, well, yeah, that makes for good neighbors. <laughs> uh, so give BSG a call if you're uh, looking for home security and innovation and uh, ideas on, on how to make your life more convenient. 210-877-1222 or bsgtexas.com. All right, David, you've been so patient. Thank you for waiting. How can we help you today? Well, it's no problem. Um, my beard has gotten long and fluffy. So it's <laughs> That's good. Hey, you know, um, what are you using on that? You using copious amounts of osmocote on that beard, or just kind of a miracle grow? <laughs> yeah, the miracle grow. There you go. Uh, okay. Hey, well, uh, the um, I, I, you know, thinking in terms of this COVID, if I understand right, you know, good dark leafy greens are going to be really smart to have. Uh, mm-hmm. If this thing attacks your lungs, then, you know, dark leafy greens will give you iron, like Popeye and spinach, right? They put iron in your system, and that's how the oxygen is carried. So I'm thinking, since the epidemic is hitting, uh, is there, you know, like, um, it's extremely hot, of course, but what would be a good thing to, you know, like some dark leafy greens to put in as soon as possible, or how could you grow some and, you know, you got netting, or, you know, what, what could be done to uh, do home gardens, uh, especially of uh, dark leafy greens? And by the way, uh, I'm, I'm looking at this as a budget. You know, uh, home gardens uh, is probably a smart thing to do in the middle of an epidemic. So that stimulus bill is going to come out of Congress, and it's being developed this very minute. And I would think that it would be a real smart idea to have home gardens in there as a budget item so that people could write it off or the extension service could have uh, facilitation of it, uh, seed packets or whatever it would take, but uh, get that stimulus bill to include home gardens. Well, no, we we could... uh Make fun of that and uh, say, gosh, that, that's not practical or anything. But in World War II... Yeah, the yeah, they, victory gardens. Yeah. And, they, and the people actually responded, and there was... Uh, I mean, they, they measured the, the production and... Uh, huge, uh, huge morale thing, and so, so we don't, <laughs> we don't dare make fun of it. Yeah, it's true uh, but, conservatism. I mean, conservatives, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. And, uh, and you know, having to go to the grocery store and infect everybody or they get infected by you or you infect them, uh, home gardens is, is uh, an extremely important part of this. Yeah, and I think more people are just interested now in being self-sufficient. Uh, sure. The home garden is, well, let's see. September That's, is the so, big. So you've planted the seed of on that uh, yes. that idea, but September is the big time for the uh, green Oh yeah, September and October is the yeah. winter greens there time. So let's let me see if I can break down David's question. Is there anything he can do right now that's a green leafy vegetable that'll grow? Or well, it's probably better to get things ready. Okay. Yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, we talked a little bit about that summer spinach, but that that's not a huge production no. item. But uh, you you're going to get a maximized production this winter with the. Uh, Spinach and broccoli and all those things, and you you need to have your your soil prepared and fertilized, two inches of compost, and ready for action. And make your kids eat collards (laughs) and spinach. I I have recipes for collards. I can see it now. You know, we have all these big 
political battles, I can see the kids. You know, what is worse, <laughs> COVID-19 yeah. or having to eat collards? Yeah. <laughs> kale, yeah, I'm yeah. with them on the kale. Yeah, and uh, I have a good restaurant suggestion for the collard greens. Uh, and maybe we can uh, talk more about spinach this year. Uh, of course, as hot as it is, uh, even the growers can't get spinach to germinate, and we, we wouldn't recommend you plant it, even if they could get plants, because uh, they don't like hot soil. Mm. So, And, of course, our uh, Crawford lettuce uh, seed will uh, it can be, it should be planted when it's cooler. Uh, but like Calvin said, get everything ready. And uh, and and of course charred. So what would he do to That's, get ready now? Uh, two two inches of compost and okay. uh, ten ten cups of uh, pre um, nineteen five nine. Nineteen five nine. And uh, yeah, that, drip that, irrigation. If you got, if you put that in. Yeah. So it sounds like now's the time to prepare. And then when's the earliest you could get something like a spinach or a collard green or kale or. It all depends on the weather. Sure. Yeah, I guess that's right. Yeah. But, but uh, September or October. Yeah, that's usually when it happens. Oh, wow. You, you know, can if, start harvesting if, that early? No, oh, you no. start planting, planting that okay. early. Can you, um, like, like I've lived in a house where the sun is on the far side of it, you know, during the worst of the summer, and then as it's coming back down, uh, it gets, uh, sun, you know, it's, it's like one side of the house is always in shade, but then, uh, like, South side of the house is always in shade in the northernmost time of the the uh, summer. Is there if you were to plant in that shady side of the house uh, now, or would that just still be too hot? You know, waiting yes. for the sun to show up. It'd be too hot. I the uh, uh, <laughs> the the air temperature is taken in the shade. So okay. uh, even in the shade, it's still uh, extremely hot. Sure. Yeah. Well, hope for you have times. something to say, Trace. I was going to wait for you to finish. No. <laughs> no. Oh goodness, you may be here a while. What do you What do you think? I don't know. I heard him say something negative about kale. Oh, we were just joking. He's trying to uh, Calvin. He's trying to be a self sufficient gardener and is interested in leafy. Uh, greens like kale, collards, and but wants to start now. So he'll eat well for four months, five months out of the year. Yeah. Is there anything you can think of that he could grow now? That even herbs, or is there if a herb you could that find it? It'd be the Malabar spinach. Okay. Finding yeah. it is not going to be easy. It's not very, and it's uh, not a real. It's productive. It's not as easy to grow as. And I think we did. We looked for Malabar in terms of uh, nutrition. It was actually pretty good, wasn't I, it? I remember you finding some very interesting uh, information that made it sound like we ought to be eating it all the time. Yeah, it was. It was high in iron. Um, the Malabar was, I yeah. think. Um, yeah, don't don't yeah, quote I me. I think you're right. You know. You know what you. Uh, another another thing you could do if you wanted to. Uh, like they did in World War II, to organize, you know, get the young people organized and growing and uh, prepare them uh, to, uh, to do, to do, do that, that gardening like the Victory Gardens. That, there's not much, much time left for that to get ready for the uh, uh, winter gardening season. Yeah. Well, I thought of another one he could do during the summer, but nobody sells it. Uh, What's that? Do you ever remember a song called Poke Salad Annie? Yeah. Oh, okay, sure. So, 
poke, poke salad is just a weed that they, they cook it till it's, uh, the, I think it's poisonous. They yeah. cook, it, they cook yeah. it to a certain point, and you can actually consume it. Yeah, they pour the water off. Oh, okay. If it, if it wasn't for pork salad, some of my ancestors wouldn't have made it through the Civil War time. Hmm. And they go so it sounds and, like and it is high nutritional. Yeah, collected and eaten. Well, David, I don't think we quite answered your question, except to, to get prepared now and and uh, plan for September, which is yeah, only I, a couple about a month I and saw, a half off. I saw cool some cool weather vegetables available this week. I'm I'm not bringing them. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, one last thing you were you were mentioning the kids. Uh, since a lot of the kids may end up being at home this year, I wonder if we could get some of that stimulus money to teach kids how to grow stuff. Hmm. You might be able to. It's probably uh, okay, well, easier to be do it later. But uh, well, they could. Um, you know how the school districts are, are being starved by this thing. Uh, I wonder if that stimulus money would. You know, the kids have a record of the success of their garden or their attempt at a garden, and then that could go toward the schools. Yeah, it's a neat idea. Well, a lot of a lot of our schools in San Antonio area do have. Uh, their gardens, classroom gardens, yeah. and they've been very oh, okay. successful. And David's a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jerry and I were for yeah. forever, for years. <laughs> and one one good way to get leafy greens early, earlier than spinach and earlier than uh, some other things, is to plant uh, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, and eat the leaves as the, as the plants grow up. And and use them like poke salad or or uh, a collard. And, I, and I'll start carrying those plants probably towards the end of August. Yeah. Hey, well, but, I see uh, it's top of the hour. I'll let you go. Well, David, Wait. but you had some good questions, man. Thank you. Thanks again. All right. Two one zero. Well, we won't give out the number. We got about a minute and a half. Come but that was. Give but that is a good time. idea. It might be nice if there was a sort of a, some sort of a. Government-supported uh, education, or just the, the garden type idea, like the uh, Victory Gardens. Although I don't think those were were those supported, or they just encouraged. They were, they were supported. Okay. Heavily supported in some cases. You know, okay. But but they they just caught on fire, and they 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 were uh, positive. Uh, yeah. And um, all so, all political sides mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. Uh, interested in it. And, uh, it was not just a, a gesture, you know. You think, of, well, all that effort for a little bit of vegetables. Mm. They produce huge amounts of vegetables. Cool. Yeah. And if you want to get your garden... Breaking news, now. stimulating talk. This is 938. <laughs> anyway, if you want to get your garden spot ready now, go ahead and water it. Uh, right. You haven't been in it in a long time. Water it and then wait. Uh, thoroughly water it. Inch, inch and a half of water, and then wait a week, and right. then, and then uh, spray spray the weeds. All right, we got to go. Roundup. See you next week on the answer.